Anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Stukabakadaka day. Stuk, Stuboka, Stakabakado. Stukabakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakadakad
you're told all the time that you, as you get older, your metabolism slows down. Like that's the reason why uh, it becomes harder to, um, you know, to, to lose the weight. And they're like, you're just more efficient when you're younger and then you're older, the metabolism slows. And so there was this big landmark study that came out late in 2021 that said that is not true. The metabolism uh, stays the same until you get into your like late 60s. Uh, your, the metabolism of a 20-year-old versus the metabolism uh, of a 50-year-old are, are within a percent of each other. Like it doesn't account for the weight gain. So then they dug deeper and came up with that. Uh, the, the example they gave was like, you're with your 20-year-old son and both of you have the exact same breakfast. You have two eggs, a piece of whole wheat toast, and orange juice or whatever. And they said, why would the older person, if metabolism is the same, gain more weight than the younger person? And so they came up with it. it it's the macros, in a sense, the ratios of fats to proteins to carbs, that the ability of the body to consume those, that's the thing that changes. So while your body is able to metabolize or convert a foodstuff into energy at the same rate, it can't do it to the same compounds at the same rate. And so they basically said, which we've heard versions of in many different diets and diet culture, is to consume more protein as you get older. And they, they recommended at least 30 grams of protein for each meal. So if, if once you're above the age, I believe they said above the age of 50 uh, or, or so. So you're looking at a minimum. And I think most people, if they really looked at this, would fall well below that of, of at least 90 to 100 grams or more of protein uh, and that your metabolism is going to stay relatively the same as a 20-year-old. Yeah, the hard thing is, though, if you're consuming your protein with animal products, especially as a male, you're going to go to the doctor, and they're going to look at all your important numbers when it comes to your heart, and they're going to say, you need to cut back on animal products. So if you're trying to get your proteins through animal products and then you shift and you say, well, I'm going to try to be more plant-based. And, and it, here's the thing that people need to understand. Like I see myself as being plant-based, but it doesn't mean that I don't eat meat, right? It doesn't mean that I'm a vegan, for instance. It just means like today when I had lunch, a number of years ago, I would have eaten some chicken for lunch, right? Or chicken or whatever that is. But today I had some kale, I had some couscous, I did an apple and I drank some water. That was lunch today. And then also in that couscous, I add certain amino acids in it at lunch today that I did because I know that I need those branch chain amino acids in order to build muscle uh, that, I was, that I'm working to build from the time that I just spent at the gym. What it really comes down to, though, what it comes down to is our movement. And think about this, because my son and I consume about the same amount of food, but the difference is he's moving around all day, right? And I'm not. I'm not moving around all day. So when I'm trying to make sure that I do and incorporate in my life, because we do a lot of sitting sometimes in real estate, is I'm trying to time block things in my day where there'll be some movement. And sometimes if I can't go for a run, even if I get out of the gym, I stop my car where there's some stairs up on Queen Anne. <coughs> Excuse me for that. And I'll cough. And then <coughs> after I cough, there's a set of stairs there. And my son thinks I'm crazy. And so does my dog. And I'll just run up those stairs. I just have to, I have five minutes to run up the stairs. I'll just run up the stairs. I run down. I get back in my car and boom, I'm on my way. So you can't always do a five 
Uh, you can't do a five-mile run. Sometimes you do a five-minute run. The important thing is that you do it. And I always tell people, just try to keep rolling around like your kid like, and, and then make appointments. Like My son struggles with his late weight a little bit, but he's 4'10", and he was 4'10 a year ago. So his body is hanging on to all this energy, and he's starting to go through puberty. And his doctor says he'll probably be between 5'11 and 6'1". But we aren't there yet, right? So his body is storing all that energy. So he's beginning to have thoughts on that. And then he's thinking he has to cut back on food. He's talking about dieting and all this because kids are talking about this today. And I'm just like, you know what we're going to do? Every Tuesday, man, every Thursday, we're just going to go play some basketball. So we got a basketball in the car, put on our basketball shoes, and then we go play basketball for an hour on Tuesday and Thursday. It helps me. Because I'm moving around, but as we get older, you got to time block that and you got to make time in order to move. And I'll tell people this all the time. People think, well, I need to go to the gym and lift big weights and, and, and lifting weights is helpful, but I'm looking around my room right now. I got a punching bag. I got a Peloton bike and I have some bands over there that you can take on a trip with you. If all you did was got some, some bands and they're hung on my door uh, and my son and I do those things for movement. We'll hit this punching bag. We'll do some band. Think about the people, especially some of the wrestlers out there, football players that have got enormously big. They die very young. Their heart blows up, right? Many of them, especially WWE wrestlers, you see them die in their 50s and 60s. They don't even make it to 70. So it's not about having big muscles. It's about having movement. And then paying attention to what we put in our body. And you guys, we can't sit there and put animal products, especially meat for protein. You can't do that three times a day because no matter what, you're going to have cholesterol numbers you're not going to be able to handle as you get older. So Yeah, so metabolism doesn't change until into your 60s. And but movement does. Movement like, does. Like, like, when you, like when you were younger, you were always playing volleyball, right? You were always on the golf course. You are always doing something with Anthony and Blake. You guys were always up, up to something. You guys were always moving, and it, and it changes as we get older and you sit in front of a computer. Yeah, you definitely have to, to get that time block yeah, in there. So we'll see you, I'll get you guys on the other side. You can just tell that, they, uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we, you know, we got, we got some, some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and 
um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Sign up for the nation news at ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I'm always amazed when I see, especially big banks where they're too big to fail. And then you'll you'll find people that work in those big banks that have committed some pretty horrendous white-collar crimes. And they'll say they've done it for the bank, but they've also done it for their bonus. And what I don't get is you never see, you really never, other than Bernie Madoff, you never really see anyone on the white collar side do any time, right? But we can all remember black and brown people in this country just rotting in prisons and over 3,000 people still are connected to what? Selling weed? And now you can walk into a weed shop because white people now are growing weed and selling weed and consuming weed, which we always have. We just want to admit it. But but now it's no longer weed. It's it's cannabis, right? And we're taking cannabis, and we've flavored the cannabis, and we've made it very palatable in our society. Because I'm just having, I'm sitting back tonight, I'm having some cannabis. I use cannabis from time to time. Uh, the the CBD qualities in it, I think, are really helpful. And then also, when you bite a quarter off of, let's say, an edible, and I've done this with my mom, it actually helps me sleep really well at night. So it's better than taking a sleeping pill, something like Ambien, for instance, right? It it amazes me. It amazes me. Some of the things that we've done in the black and brown communities to throw them in jail. And in the meantime, those those of us uh, that are white, um, we seem to go scot-free. I'm talking right now about Wells Fargo Bank a number of years ago. There should have been some people that did some time because there were people within that banking institutions that were opening up dummy accounts in order to pad the numbers for Wall Street so the stock prices would grow, right? And those accounts weren't even real. As a result of that, Wells Fargo had to pay some fines. They got a slap on the wrist, but nobody did any time. And now we're finding out, Ron, now we're finding out that, well, Wells Fargo was at it again, right? When it comes to the black and brown community, this is unbelievable. This story is absolutely appalling. Uh, they've done an audit of mortgages and refinances in America by race and by uh, uh, income level. And what they found is that Wells Fargo, among all the major lenders in America, less than half of the black people that have applied for loans there get approval. Less than half. And as you go through, there's all sorts of interesting dynamics that they talk about. The, what the one that stuck out to me is that the approval rate for loans, they took the lowest income white Americans and they looked at the approval rate of a well. So the lower income white guy goes in and he applies for a loan at Wells Fargo. That person is more likely to get approved by Wells Fargo than the highest income earners who happen to be black. Say that again. So uh, if you're a white person, I think the number was like under $50,000 a year. If you make under 50 grand a year and you're white, you are more likely to get approved for a loan from Wells Fargo than a black person that made $168,000 or more. Wow. And so the approval rating, yeah. it, that is astonishing. And they profiled a Microsoft engineer who happens to be black and his his adventures with Wells Fargo 
trying to get this loan. And the first thing that came back is they said, oh my God, you're a Microsoft engineer, uh, W2 employee, you make well into six figures, like this is going to be a slam dunk. And he's like, great. So then uh, a couple of weeks go by and they go, oh, Wells Fargo has flagged your neighborhood. Uh, and they think that that neighborhood has a higher default rate. So that's a very tricky way or, or euphemistic way of saying, we don't know if we want a loan in a black neighborhood. Then it came back of like, well, we thought that you weren't going to be um, scrutinized because you're such a high caliber, uh, your credentials are high caliber. Now they're going to have to take a double, another look at you. Underwriters are requesting more documents. It went all the way through this process and he was denied a loan. Hmm. A, a Microsoft engineer with impeccable credit, his credit score was over 800 hmm. and, and he did not get approved for this loan. It's absolutely appalling. And the thing that makes it worse is instead of Wells Fargo coming out and saying, wow, we were shocked by these findings. We are going to do better. Um, we're going to fall on our sword. This is not acceptable. Instead of saying that, they're like, hey, we did nothing wrong. The statistics are what they are. Um, when our underwriter asks for information, we're colorblind. We don't see race. If the numbers don't stack up, they don't stack up. They came and have claimed that they have done nothing wrong when the stat I've showed said before speaks for itself. The lowest income white person qualifies for a loan more frequently than the highest income black person. You cannot explain that away. I, I've, I'm considering closing my account at Wells Fargo. And I know that maybe the, the my individual branch in Seattle, Washington, isn't necessarily at fault. But like, how can I support that? How can I, I have money in a Wells Fargo bank account as we speak, and I, I'm conflicted over it. You should take the money out and give it to me. It's a good idea. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, Toronto, Don here with Mitch Weeks. You know him better as Mitch.loans here on the show. Mitch, interest rates seem to be going up. Should I panic in 2022 if I want to jump in the housing market? You should not panic, but if you're thinking about jumping in, now's the time to jump in because they've been going up and they're going to keep going up. So and what does that mean for every point of interest that goes up? Every percent of interest rate that goes up, the general rule of thumb is you will lose 10% in buying power. That's huge. A million-dollar house, you're now pre-approved for a $900,000 house, mm. and that's a totally different type of house you're looking for. Let me make sure I understood this. So if I was already pre-approved but didn't buy a house yet and I was approved at a million... When the Fed raises the interest rate and it goes up a point, that means now I'm at 900 grand. Yeah, interest rates change a point and you lose 10%. All right, Correct. so call Mitch or actually go to the website, Mitch.loans. Tell him you are Ron and Don sent you and you're going to save one half a percent on the value of your loan. That's up to one half a percent on the value of your loan. And you should get locked in now because like he said, these interest rates are going up this year. The Fed has announced that. So it's Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And as we can see, uh, I think the five-day work week is a thing of the past. In fact, if I go to Ken's Market here on uh, Queen Anne Mountain, you go in there any time of day and you just see tech workers in there just kind of stumbling around in their flip-flops or people still wearing their pajamas. Uh, all my neighbors... You'll see them come out. They walk their dogs in their pajamas. 
Then you'll see lights on. In fact, my next door neighbor, uh, you can see his, uh, in fact, I'm looking through his office window right now. Uh, and he's from a different part of the world. And a lot of times he's working at two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, working through the night. Cause that's when he likes to work. And then you'll see him during the course of the day. I'm not sure when he sleeps, but he comes out, he walks his dog. He has lots of food delivered to the house. I've tried to have a relationship with him and say hello and hi, but typically you meet people when you're borrowing lawn tools or something, but I'm the only guy on my block that really does my lawn. As you can see, my lawn has been done uh, in a couple of weeks. So I need to do that. But, but this connectivity that we have with people when we spend time with them at work seems to be dissipating. And also when we spend time with each other in our neighborhoods seems to be dissipating because a lot of people have embraced the fact that, hey, because of COVID, uh, I don't have to go to work anymore. And now what people are saying with the mass mandate being lifted, uh, I don't feel safe. I feel safer at home. Uh, I'm still seeing a lot of people wear their masks. At my son's school, we're seeing lots of people wear their masks. In fact, he told me before he got out of the car the other day, he goes, Daddy, I'm conflicted because I'm getting pressure and bullied from kids that have their, and he uses the word bully, so we have to explore the word bully. Because sometimes kids are using the word bully, and it's and they're not being bullied. So so we 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 have to re, just cuz you have a conflict with another kid doesn't mean that kid's bullying you. Uh but nonetheless, he was getting out of the car the other day and this is his second day of not wearing a mask. There are more kids and more teachers at his school wearing masks uh than he is. There's a lot of teachers that don't want to be back in the classroom. We see Seattle Public Schools right now some teachers that are like, "Hey, we should have had a say in this whether we want to wear our masks or not." And and, it, and it's interesting because he feels kind of reverse peer pressure. Uh, and I have someone that's staying with me right now that's from Tucson. She's a teacher down there. They haven't had their mask on in months. Nobody has a mask on. No other teachers do. No other students and all that. But here, there's still a lot of pressure. Tech companies, schools, everywhere else for people to stay home. Let's stay in our slippers. Let's keep our masks on. Let's stay safe. Now we see uh, another variant of Omicron starting to speak its ugly head over in the UK. UK, in the UK, 92% of the people over there are vaccinated. Not here in the States. Here in Seattle, we're about 80%. 92% of the people are vaccinated and people are still getting this deadly virus. So, what is your take on the mask, the mandate, the five-day work week, tech workers? There's a lot of pressure on them right now to get back to work because a lot of these tech companies, they're not renting these buildings. They bought these buildings. They want people in them. They want to keep an eye on them. And this whole thing about, well, we do better work from home, we found out it's not true. For some big tech companies, they feel like the work is about mm, somewhere between 25 to 40% less. So... What is your take? Mass mandate. And again, my son got out of the car the other day and I said, hey, in our house, we have decided, and I'm not going to go into what we decided because to my son and myself, but we've made certain decisions to kind of move forward. And that's what that and, and that's what he and I have, have, have embraced. Well, I, I try to hesitate in, in these type of stories where it's like the five day work week's over as we know it. There should be an asterisk there that says if you're a white collar office worker. Uh, be, and we need to always, I always try to remember, remind myself that there are huge sectors of jobs that do not work out of an office and do not work remotely. And if I'm, when I'm out and about, if I see someone that is rude to a server or rude to their barista, it makes my blood boil because those folks that work in the service industry, 
have been on the front lines through the entire pandemic or when I see delivery drivers, people out in working construction, they're not getting a, the end of the five hour work week. And so, yes, if you happen to work in tech, if you happen, if your job lives on a computer, if you're in the enter, you know, education or like virtual economy and, and you're in the, that sector, then yeah, the, I think the five day work week is over. I think that you can say, I'll come to the office two days a week or three days a week, and I'll still get work done on those other two days, but I'm not going to the office. And so if, and, and so that's the big trends. People will take Friday and Monday off. And so they can fly to San Diego, still get their work done. And then they're out, you know, going to the beach on, for San Diego. They come back Friday or Monday night. Uh, and so they're seeing trends along those lines where tra- airline tickets and travel vouchers and whatnot are increasing exponentially on Monday nights. So that I think is true if you're in that category. If you're not, you're just working your normal life. Um, it's interesting, like the cement union here in Seattle has been on strike. So there are people that are, you can't virtually pour cement. So when, when the cement workers choose to come back to the line and pour cement in these construction sites that are sitting vacant right now because they can't do anything without cement, um, yeah, that person's working five days a week. They're going in, getting in the truck, and they're driving cement around to the truck to the jobs. Uh, so, like, there's lots of categories in the economy that are not privy to that privilege. Uh, as far as the mandates go, I did my first spin class today in a gym with no mask on, and it was great. I it was fantastic because you can because you can breathe. I can breathe. Yeah. Uh, you get to see everybody's faces. You can under I can understand people better when they're doing it, and so. Um, I know there's a risk there that possibly one of those people in the spin class could have uh, COVID, and now you know we're nobody's masked. But I are, went are in people there. are people uglier to you with their masks off? They are to me. I'm like, wow, we're all we're an ugly bunch. And then I did some research on this. We this is what's interesting with the masks on. And and for me, I'm a bit hard of hearing from wearing headphones my whole life. Uh, us doing radio, so. I didn't realize how much I rely on people's lips when they're talking. And even on my TV, I have the words going across the bottom because sometimes uh, I can't understand a flat screen TV because the sound is always up and down and I don't have a sound. I, sh- I should get a sound bar. So it, uh, so, so it evens that out. But I just, especially when you're talking to a grocery worker, they have a mask on, you have a mask on, and then there's a piece of plastic. I can't understand a damn thing that they're saying to me, and it's usually just just paper or plastic, I think, is is the conversation uh, that they're having. But it, but it's interesting because women, oftentimes, when they communicate with someone, they look at their eyes. Men, we look at bodies and we look at mouths, and that's been taken away from us. So we have to look in someone's eyes and we have to talk closer to them. So they say that having these masks has improved some intimacy, but then when we take the mask off and we actually see each other, we scare the hell out of each other because it's surprising how ugly uh, we all are without the mask on. And a lot of us haven't been brushing our teeth. We haven't been shaving. That's true. We've been getting away with a lot of stuff. And I tell you what, everybody is lined up at the dentist's office right now. I'll give you the final say. I have a dentist appointment uh, next week. <laughs> Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to episode 382 of the Ron and Don Show live from the Les Schwab Studios. 
Don't forget, if you're looking for tires, we're heading into the summer months. Stop by Les Schwab, 84 locations to serve you right here in Western Washington. And uh, if you have a flat, pull in there. Even if you bought tires from the other guys, uh, all the guys are going to take care of you and gals at Les Schwab. They'll fix that thing for free and send you on to race. So also, if you need a loan, Mitch.loans, right, Ron? Mitch.loans, you can save one half percent of your loan value. Just say you're in the Ron and Don nation. Yeah, that's, and if that's you, thousands of dollars. Yeah, and if you need us, all you got to do is from Ron and Don sitdown.com. And Ron, we have some buyers playbooks and some sellers playbooks that we wrote, right? Yeah, you can uh, download that directly off the website. Or if you're like ready to do a sit down, uh, let's start a conversation about that. Yeah, text the word sit down to 206 249 4343. That's sit down to 206 249 4343. And if you miss that, you're driving in your car, just hit the rewind button when you get home and you'll hear me repeat it once again all right hey you guys thanks for listening once again to 382 383 will be here before you know it if you want our newsletter or you want this thing to automatically drop it comes every monday wednesday and thursday three episodes a week in the newsletter go to run it on sitdown.com get signed up for that we'll put you on the newsletter we write you once a week it's typically ron or myself we'll let you know what's going on in our lives what's going on with our real estate business our airbnb business or what's it like with charlie and just being a dad playing some ball out on the basketball court with g-force O'Neill. Till next time, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you right here all night on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.